Welcome, everyone, to the 18th episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How are you doing today, Ian? Um, the Eagles found the win column, so I'm doing better than I've been doing this entire football season, so that's a good time. That's, that is very understandable. Um, we're down to, I think, six undefeated teams left in the entire NFL. Uh, down to the Bears, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Titans, and I believe the uh, Packers and the Seahawks. Not a not a lot of teams left, and we'll see which see which teams can keep that undefeated undefeated streak going. Yeah, hopefully we get the. Well, I'll let us get into it. There's one battle of two undefeateds that looks like it's going to be a really good game this week, and I hope it gets played. All right. Uh, starting off with Thursday night football, we have the Buccaneers going down, going up to Chicago. Um, really looking at the Bears last week, um, they didn't look that great. No, it didn't. Um, I remember saying last week, you know, I, I could see it taking um, a couple of turns, and one of the turns is, you know, Nick Foles could just catch fire. But, you know, week one, Nick Foles, starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, did not work out. He he threw the touchdown pass way late in the game, but at that point it didn't even really matter. Um, uh, they had like a minute and 30 seconds left, but – other than that, it was a lot of poor offense. The defense was uh, large, largely kept the Colts in check, but they just offensively couldn't get it done with Foles played bad and even running back David Montgomery didn't play too good. So um, it doesn't get any easier this week with a sneaky good Bucks defense. And I think these teams are kind of trending in opposite directions. I think the Bears um, overexceeded a little bit early, maybe. And, um, you know, they've already had to make a quarterback change. Um, and the Bucks are, you know, they lost week one, but they're on a three-game win streak. So I think it's a tale of two teams in two different directions. And I favor the Bucks in this one. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And then looking at how the Bucks <laughs> played last week, Brady thrown for 370 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Against a, a a pretty good Chargers defense with a pretty good secondary, yeah. and then coming to this Bears team who doesn't have the best secondary, um, I think Brady's gonna be able to light it up with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard. OJ Howard is actually out for the season. Oh, he is out for the season with the Achilles injury. That's what I was gonna say. If I have to touch on one more thing for the Bucks, it would be. Um, I'd like to see uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski figure out their chemistry a little bit better. They've they thus far into the season, if you've been if you'd watched the games, you'd think that they never played together. 
Um, I kind of expected like definitely like at least a week one dunk down pass to Rob Gronkowski in the end zone, just touchdown, just to, you know, stir everything up. But here we're going into week six and we still haven't got it. Um, I, I still think Tampa Bay is going to walk away with this one pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, unless Nick Foles catches fire like he did against that Falcons team, but I, I just don't think I just don't see that happening. It is a Super Bowl Fifty Two quarterback matchup, and we know how that went last time. But that's very true. Um, moving on to that undefeated game that we hopefully we hopefully will get um, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. If the Titans facilities are open by then um yeah. we still have four days to see if it will be open i know that i think just as early as this morning going to espn the top trending story was um i think two new cases today for the texans or the titans excuse me um let me see if i can confirm that real quick uh, yeah, two more players three hours ago. So, it, it really does suck because the, this game would be one of the best games of the year just because of how talented both teams are. I mean, lo- looking at the Titans, that offense has not missed a step from last year, uh, making, oh, it really it to the, making it to the conference championship. Um, Ryan Tannehill, sure he's not playing up to the money he was paid, but I, Derek, I will say Derrick Henry hasn't lost a step. No, he hasn't, and they've been getting him more involved, and they've looked better since doing that. But one thing I've not, I've not sold a lot really on Tennessee. I mean, looking at their schedule this far, they played the Broncos, the Jaguars, and the Vikings. Three stinkers and. The they've only won all of those games by a combined six points. Two field goals separate them from some of the lowest teams in the league. And uh, I mean, I know winning is winning, but um, I think there's a, there's something to be said about beating teams that you should the way that you should. And I think I've seen that from the Bills. I think the Bills beat a really talented uh, Raiders team last week to put the Raiders at two and two and the Bills did it by a touchdown, and it, it looked relatively easy while they were doing it, and everything was working in unison. Josh Allen looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, period. Um, the dude is just so talented. He can get it done through the air and on the ground, which he did last week. He had a two touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. Him and Stephon Diggs are are really just have a great chemistry already. He didn't find the end zone for the first time this year, but he got like 115 yards, I think. And Devin Singletary is a really good running back. I was, I really enjoyed it. I haven't really gotten to watch him play that much, but he's a super, super slippery guy. It takes more than one guy to bring him down every time. And their offense is just, it's just like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they can really do it, do whatever they want. I completely agree. Um, that that Bills offense has looked unstoppable, and I don't know if there's really a defense out there that can stop it because 
you have to be able to have the speed to keep up with Stefan Diggs because Josh Allen can get it to him anywhere on the field. Yeah. And then also you have to have a, a good run defense to be able to stop not only Josh Allen, but Devin Singletary. Um, and at some point, Zach Moss when he gets yeah. healthy. Yeah. If Zach Moss comes back healthy, like, within weeks, I don't – that team is going to look even more scary than it already is. And the, the best thing about how good the Bills' offense is, is this year is they have a very strong defense. And that's what makes it so hard is there's few teams that defensively can even pose fits for the Bills. And then there's even fewer teams that offensively can, you know, get what they want done versus the Bills defense. I mean, it doesn't help that they've had very, very little injuries this year. I mean, the only main one was on offense really right now is Zach Moss. And then on the defense, uh, Matt Milano is still out. Uh, but he's questionable. But other than that, like, th- these, this team is extremely healthy. And, I mean, injuries are something that, you know, for every team is totally out of control. And uh, for the Bills being as healthy, you can really tell. Um, they're playing really, really good. And I think if this game is played, I think that continues, move the Bills to 5-0. and And it has to do with everything that I said and the – also with the fact of I don't really know how much I can trust the Titans at 3-0 right now. And also, I, it doesn't really matter who it is. If you haven't practiced in a week and a half going into a game and trying to prepare like half a week before a game, I, I can't pick you. It, it wouldn't matter if it was my own team. I can't pick that. All right, moving on to the Jaguars and the Texans and the Texans might finally be able to be out of hell getting rid of Bill O'Brien took long enough. Absolutely. And so I like the way you said that it makes me feel like you feel the same way as I do. Do you feel like this is going to be the sharpest that we've seen the Texans look all year in this game right here? Oh, of course. I Bill O'Brien was the reason that team was losing games. No doubt. I just know it's for players, it can't be easy playing for somebody that you don't, uh, that you just don't respect, you don't trust. Um, And I think he really lost the respect and trust of the, the entire locker room. And most importantly, his quarterback, when he traded away his favorite receiver for David Johnson, who has, not been playing as bad, but I think we all know that DeAndre Hopkins was more important to Deshaun Watson. But in reality, if we look at both of these teams, both are still – I guess we could both say they're still fighting somewhat. Because, I mean, the Titans aren't super far away, and who knows how they're going to be after – their whole COVID situation, yeah. um, and the Colts are three and one, but they have a very, very difficult schedule for the rest of their year. Um, so they're they're they can both still fight for playoff spots, but I, it's just two bad teams right now. I mean, I love Gardner Minshew, I love Deshaun Watson. It's just the teams around them. You you yeah. can't compete. 
I will say, looking at this game, this is my thought process. For the Jaguars, I really like that offense when DJ Chark is in it. DJ Chark gives Minshew a legit number one receiver. Um, not that I don't think that some of the other guys might have potential, but um, with Chark, you have a six foot five red zone monster, and he gets it done time and time and again for Minshew. And they have under un, the undrafted free agent uh, James Robinson, who has been the replacement for Leonard Fournette that I think every Jaguars fan wanted. Uh, Fournette just after his rookie year, never seemed to really be able to figure it out again. And James Robinson is getting it done on the ground and through the air. He, he just adds the one-two punch of, of two different guys and one running back for the Jaguars. And their offense looks pretty good when Chark is there. When Chark is there, like when he gets the number one attention of a, of a corner of the defense, that's when the Jaguars offense is at its best. But – they have some injuries on the defense in DJ Hayden and CJ Henderson. And if you're down your top two corners, that scares me against a slightly more motivated Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Also, you don't have Miles Jack, arguably one of the, the better young linebackers in the league and is the leader of that defense after everyone got traded. But then look at, Looking at the Texans, they're not they're not in any better of a situation. I mean, I think they do have the the technically the better receiving core, but you're picking your your lesser of two poisons at this point. Yeah, I mean, they it's definitely two different kind of units, but I, I'd say that Houston's probably more talented, but overall, but that's just because I think they have uh, more good players. I, I've, I'm finally going to give Houston their first win. I hope if you lose to Jacksonville, then your season's just done. Just tank and try your bet. Oh, wait, you don't even have your pick. Oh, no. Okay, so they have to try and win. Uh, well, just try your best, Houston. That's all I can say. I do think that uh... – this is a really close game in my estimation, but I think that the, the Texans have reason enough to come out and get it done. Um, but I would not be surprised if the Jaguars walked away with this one, especially if even if one or both of their cornerbacks is healthy. I think it makes it a little bit harder. Uh, but I got the Texans in this one. All right, moving on to the Bengals and Ravens. Um, the, the Cincinnati's looked okay. Joe Burrow is is the player everyone thought he was going to be, and he's putting all his doubters wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe um, last week we did pick the Bengals, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I think there was a big – key in this game and that was something that I said had to had to be a, a an impact or just a, a point of emphasis going into the game excuse me um and that was Joe Mixon getting the football uh 
he had been getting the touches earlier in the season, but he wasn't really showing what we know him to be capable of. And then he breaks out in this one, 150 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, added in, uh, I believe, 50 yards and a touchdown through the air. Something like so, that. He, he was awesome. Um, Tyler Boyd is Kyle. It seems for Joe Burrow, it's like a different receiver every week that he, he goes to. Tyler Boyd has been the guy here lately that he's been going to, but um, we've also seen him have really good success in throwing to T. Higgins. Um, Alden Tate is the guy that will come out and make some plays, but I still want to see him figure something out with A.J. Green. The Bengals have a lot of really good receivers, but maybe I'm just – maybe I just remember the good old days too finally. but I still feel like A.J. Green is a really good receiver. And even watching him play this year, he he doesn't look like he's that far off of what he once was, but it just feels like he's not getting – not really getting open and getting enough targets. I don't really know. I, I think they need to make him a – another point of emphasis i i can't disagree with you on that i i i still think aj green can be a top 10 receiver in this league he's just he's not getting the the attention he really needs um and then looking at this ravens team they didn't look impressive against washington they they won yes they won by 14 but Lamar Jackson still looks afraid to throw the ball. And you let Dwayne Haskins – sure, he didn't throw a touchdown, but you let Dwayne Haskins throw for over 300 yards on you. That's, yeah. that's kind of scary. Considering he has Terry McLaurin and that's it, I mean, you were letting him throw to Antonio Gibson out of the backfield, and Gibson got almost 100 yards on the game. I will say that dating back to last year, I felt like the game plan for the Ravens is kind of been the same the whole time. Um, it, it will vary and they'll have weeks where Lamar will throw for like 30 attempts, but you rarely see Lamar edge into like 35. And I don't think we'll ever maybe see him throw for like 40 passes in a game. Um, it's possible, but the Ravens, their offensive game plan just revolves around the run so much. And they went out and got rookie J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State this year. He's now in the backfield. That also includes Mark Ingram, the best rushing quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, and then another guy that they love in Gus the Bus Edwards. So they love to pound the rock. And when they do decide to pass, they use a big body target like Mark Andrews and speedsters on the outside and Hollywood Brown, uh, Sneed and um, Devin Duvernay. So I think it shows something that, you know, they can win a game that they're supposed to uh, throwing 20, pa 20 passes. But um, I can't agree with what you said. I wasn't really happy with how their defense looked overall against Washington. Washington only put up 17 points, but McLaurin had a really good day, and it, they could not figure out how to stop Antonio Gibson, whether he was running the ball or catching it out of the backfield. He had a really good game. And if, if Joe Mixon has another game like he just did, it's, it's going to be tough for Baltimore to win. Um, 
and that's that's weird to say coming from considering this is the Cincinnati Bengals. But and then you have to worry more about Terry McLaurin for this game. Like, yes, Marlon Hem- Humphrey is one of the best cornerbacks in the game, but he can't cover AJ Green, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd all at the same time. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need a good game from um, Marcus Peters in this one uh, for sure. You're gonna it, it's gonna definitely be a lot different of a story. You talk about um, uh, one of the you know not so good teams in the NFL in Washington. Um, and I think a lot of it, I've said it before, is to do with their skill players. And then you have a team like the Bengals, who are another bad team. And it seems like they have a ton of skill players and just, you know, none of the, the guys that do the dirty work, the, the linemen, the defense, the those kind of things. So I think the Ravens get, get this one done um, relatively easy, I should say. But um, – I think it'll be a fun quarterback battle to watch. I'm going to take Baltimore, but it it wouldn't shock me if they fell. No, it, I think the Bengals are a sneaky team. Um, Joe Burrow looks to have a good command of that offense already. And if you have to throw a lot, the, the players that he's throwing to, you kind of like taking that bet. I mean, every game he's been in so far, he's kept it close. I mean, he almost beat the Chargers week one. He almost beat the Browns in week two. And that's the only reason the Browns won is because Baker Mayfield had the best game of his life. Uh, Tied with the Eagles. And then he went out and beat the Jaguars. I'm I'm still going to stick with Lamar. But if if they fall, then it's it's not going to shock me. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Jets and oh my, uh, the Cardinals are falling from grace. Yeah. Um, really, really badly. It's, it's unfortunately been two weeks in a row where we got, I I don't want to say bad performances from from Kyler Murray, he had three touchdowns, no picks on the day, but seem it though for 150 yards though. Yeah, and you could so much tell it during the game. It just felt like their offense had so much trouble moving the ball um, through the air. He would, you know, get all the dink and dump passes, um, no problem, but there was no yards to be found after the catch. The the Panthers' defense looked really, really good in this one and really held uh, the Cardinals in check. But I don't think that the offense did anything to help itself. I think that one of the most disappointing players from the end of last year into this year has been Kenyon Drake. And other than Kyler Murray, it feels like the Cardinals – really don't have anything out of the backfield. Chase Edmonds has given them by far the best play out of the backfield this year, but I still feel like they need to figure out what they can get from Kenyon Drake sooner rather than later because the rushing attack needs to be figured out now. Um, The Panthers um, were not my pick in this game. I, I thought that the Cardinals really would get this one done, but shout out to the Carolina Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater looked Awesome. Um, Mike Davis filled in for Christian McCaffrey 
beautifully. And it seems like a, a receiver is stepping up for Bridgewater, and he's really developing a connection with Robbie Anderson. Um, and, and that's a good guy to build a, a good connection with, a legit speedster who's always getting uh, space on the outside. I still think that they need to figure out the chemistry between him and DJ Moore. Um, but the Panthers got this one done, and it was in large part thanks to their defense. And then looking at the Jets, I mean, I think they kept it closer last week than everyone expected. But, I mean, Sam Darnold just can't get anything in the end zone, Jay Crowder and Chris Hogan. But he's showing that he, he, he can still run the ball. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good thing. Uh, six rushes for 84 yards on the ground and a touchdown for a guy that we thought wasn't the most athletic out of his draft class. A 46-yard run in the first quarter was awesome. I mean, I know that the Jets are the trash can of the league, but that was awesome to watch. Um, you continue with what you said. I just had to add that because that was, it was, made me freak out when I saw it. <laughs> but there's also the, the Sam Darnold getting sacked by Von Miller's ghost whole story. Yeah. Um, but, I mean – Looking at this game, I if the Cardinals don't walk away with this one, then their season's done. It, it's over. This is a patented, sign-sealed-delivered, get-you-back-on-track game. And the Cardinals have to respond. Um, I, I, th- I was talking a lot of bad about the um, – a lot of bad about the Cardinals' offense, but – it's still a lot of it falls on the defense. Um, you have you can't allow the Jets to score 31 points in this game. Like you can't allow them to do what the Panthers just did. Uh, I don't think that the Jets are as talented on offense, but if the Jets do that, they will win. If the Jets even get close to what they put on the the Broncos, I think they could win. But if the if the Arizona defense steps up and Kyler Murray gets back, get back, gets back to what was working earlier in the season. I, I think that they'll get back on track right here. Move to three and two on the season. I mean, they have to, because they have arguably one of the, the most, they're in arguably the most difficult division in the league right now in the NFC West. Absolutely. And they still haven't played the Seahawks. They still haven't played the Rams. They've only, mm-hmm. they still have to play the 49ers again. So when you and get then, these games, you have to make them count. And then you still have to play teams like the Patriots, the the Bills. I mean, you have a few easy games like the Eagles and Giants. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, if the Eagles continue what they're playing, then that's nah, – I'm sorry, that's going to be an easy game. And then you still have to play the Cowboys, whose offense can destroy your defense. But And if you can't get your offense going, then you're kind of screwed. So they, if this has to be a bounce back game for them, it has to be. Absolutely, I expect it will be. Um, as you know, the Jets did only lose by nine points last week, but it was to a team that is missing their their quarterback, their backup through three interceptions on the night. I'm not, I'm not worrying about it. Um, I think the Cardinals get it done. All right, moving on to the Panthers and Falcons. Um, 
I've already said it before. The Falcons are the most disappointing team in the league right now. Um, I, I don't even know how to put into words how disappointing they are because it's just so bad. Todd Gurley has looked like the best player on that team, and that's that's not saying a lot. I mean, Russell Gage has looked pretty good. Same thing with Calvin Ridley, but Calvin Ridley's injured right now. So it's it, – I don't know what to say about them. They just couldn't do anything against the Packers. And then we already talked about the Panthers just putting the work in on the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater looked like how he was playing that six-week stretch in in New Orleans because he, he – he was able to connect with guys like Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. I do want to yeah. see him get DJ Moore more involved because that is by far his best receiver. Yes. It's not the best receiver he's ever played with uh, because Mike Thomas is a thing, but DJ Moore is a close second. Uh, yeah. DJ Moore is a fantastic young receiver. We saw him break out last year in a big way for a Panthers team that, was really kind of lost for a majority of it at quarterback. So um, I, I think Bridgewater is a definite upgrade over Kyle Allen, what they had for a lot of last, for a lot of last season. So uh, it's kind of been weird to me that they haven't figured it out yet, but um, I, I expect it to uh, be figured out. I think it, it's just more reps. It's, it is weird to me that, you know, going four games in the season, we haven't gotten it figured out, but I think it'll come, and with each game that McCaffrey misses, the chances of it happening is higher. Uh, Mike Davis is filled in beautifully for McCaffrey, but um, there's still going to be a couple more passing attempts to go around without McCaffrey. So, um, but yeah, the Falcons really offer—you know—they don't really offer you any confidence in any area, really. I mean, they're hurt on defense with McKinley, Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, all questionable. DeMonte Kazee, their other safety is already out. Um, so you never like that, especially on a defense that has been torched by every offense that's taken the field against it. And then also the one, a top three receiver that you have who barely played this year and Julio Jones is still questionable. And then a guy like Young Hoku, who's a top kicker in this league, is, is out. I mean, yes, yeah, a kicker, but kickers matter because if if you're down by two and you're 50 yards out, a guy like Young Hoku could just go out there and knock it down. Not everyone can do that. And a kicker is not something that you want to be missing because it's not a position that you keep two of. So at that point, you have to go out and look at the market of unsigned players. And, you know, there's a big drop off. Well, there's a drop off there regardless. Like you said, Young Hoku is one of the best kickers in the league regardless. So obviously you're not going to be having that guy. Um, but I, I think the Panthers are going to take this one. Um, I, I just like how they fit a lot more than Atlanta right now. They're, they're just meshing pretty well. And Matt Ryan just looks like he can't really get anything done. I mean, I, I thought they were going to be really competitive this year, but they're, 
they've just choked away everything, and it it doesn't help that they don't have a defense. Yeah, that that hurts you a lot. Um, I this is a tough one for me. I I could really see this game going either way. Um, to me, it's going to depend on the availability and health of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Julio has not really broken out this year, but I think a lot of that can be explained for to as to the defensive attention he's gotten for the last four or five years, it feels like, really. Um, but Calvin Ridley is flourishing on the other side of the field, but was questionable going into the Packers game, decides to play, and doesn't even record a single catch and never really got anything going all night. So I think I'm going to go Panthers here. Um, I just like what I've been seeing too much. And the Falcons have injury questions and just too much for me. I'm out on the Falcons. Now, moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. And good news, um, Chiefs, after playing uh, New England on Monday, uh, this just came out a few hours ago, uh, the Chiefs have zero positive cases. That's awesome. Um, so that's that's fantastic news for Kansas City um, because at, I, I hope everyone in the sports world knows this. By now, Cam Newton did test positive. I believe it was Friday night. Um, well, it was close to game time. Uh, um, but moving on from that, this this Chiefs team, it looks better than it did last year. I don't know how it does, but it does. Um, I think I have an explanation, maybe. Uh, how about Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Um, we want to talk about how good Josh Jacobs is. And I, I really do think that Josh Jacobs is an awesome running back. He's got 300 yards and three touchdowns on the season. Edward Hilaire has four more yards on 12 less carries. He doesn't have the touchdowns, but I mean, when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you're not really, and you just play in the offense that you do. You don't ever really need to just, you know, attempt to run the ball to get it into the end zone. You can always just drop back and just put it right in there. So, uh, and especially with all the mouths they have to feed through the air, this offense is just dynamic at every single position. Um, do I, I'm not even going to go down the list because everybody knows everybody on this team and how dynamic they are, but you're so right. The offense is still clicking. The defense also is looking really, really good this season, and that's something that I don't think that I really expected. But, Juan man, it was breaking out, which absolutely. I, I was hoping he was going to break out because I've – knowing how good this man was in college – I was going to be really upset if he did not break out. Played little league football with Juan Thornhill. He was has always been a monster. Um, one of the four three fours finest players uh, out, coming out of UVA, I think, last year to the yes. Chiefs. Uh, so he was part part of that Super Bowl run. Um, he didn't really get uh, too much run last year, um, but. He, I will say he has looked really good and when I've been watching him play. And him and Matthew, I really like that tandem at safety. Uh, it's just two dynamic players that can really do whatever you need them to do. They're excellent in coverage and can also come up and thump with the best of them. 
Um, we know how dynamic Tyron Matthew is. So the defense has looked awesome until the Chiefs give me any reason to. I feel like I could pick the Chiefs every single game this season. That's how good they look. I will say Las Vegas has looked has looked good. Uh, Derek Carr coming back to MVP form. Um, Josh Jacobs didn't have the best game last week, but I mean, can you really expect a whole lot when you're going against that Buffalo defense? Yeah. But Darren Waller looking like the best tight end in the league. Nelson Aguilar is actually catching passes. Yeah. Um, the only thing that kind of worries me is if they're going to, are they going to have, uh, name slip in my head Henry Ruggs are they gonna have him back for this game yeah that's a that's a big big play kind of weapon right there for Derek Carr um he's Ruggs has been out for two weeks now yes two okay so um you know Carr has looked awesome really in every game this season I, I do have to say Carr's looked really really good but with Henry Ruggs you get a different wrinkle that you just can't offer you can't teach speed you can't teach that kind of you know just game breaking ability and rugs possesses that all the way and i don't really know if i would trust it in this game right away because I, I feel like they haven't gotten too much time to feel each other out yet and you know get a feel for each other's game but that would be an obvious boost to this offense but um I have a little bit of question marks on defense. Um, the offense, name-wise, to me, other than the receivers, where they've been extremely banged up, unfortunately for the Raiders, it doesn't it doesn't really scream like world-beating to me. So if if that's the case, your defense has got to be able to get it done. And last week versus the Bills' offense, which I, we just spent five minutes earlier saying how good it is. They they just weren't good enough to to keep them in that game, so I think the defense is going to have to be better if they they hope to win this one. But I don't think I think you're asking for too much versus the Chiefs. I agree. Chiefs are gonna. I don't think it's going to be a a huge cakewalk just because you can still see that Raiders offense come out guns a blazing. But it's going to be really difficult for this defense, especially not having Lamarcus Joyner out there. Uh, that's one less corner f- to guard that that triple-headed monster of McCall Hardman, Tyree Kill, and Sammy Watkins. And one more thing, um, Maurice Hurst, defensive tackle for the Raiders, mm-hmm. uh, was just put on the COVID-19 list. Oh, okay. So another big blow for the Raiders. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs are walking away with this one. Um, moving on to the Eagles and the Steelers. Um, the Eagles finally got a win. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was again, I will give y'all the win, but it was against a very, very banged up, uh, 49ers team. No, it was, but I will tell you one thing. It felt kind of good to play a team that at least knows what it feels like. Um, I felt like um, between both teams, neither one could really make an excuse. Um, I think that for all the players that 
both of these teams are out. They don't totally and could never like quantifiably, but I think they kind of even out um, in this game. But for the 49ers, you could tell it just hurt without Garoppolo. I don't think that he's the uh, top 10 quarterback in the league, but I think he's a perfect game manager for them, especially with the way they want to play with, you know, just the running attack and then beating you on the quick throws and, and, you know, waiting for a deep one to bust open and good defense that that's kind of 49ers football, but um, it, it hurt without their quarterback and also without, um, you know, Raheem Mostert and, uh, I can't remember who else they were missing. They were missing quite a few guys on defense, though. Yeah, um, Joey Bose is out for the year. That hurts a lot. And but, I think they were out their top two corners as well. But the Eagles were out almost all their receivers. Um, Travis Fulgham, a practice squad player of another team, I believe the Colts, uh, caught his, fir- uh, his first touchdown of the year on a 42-yard Beautiful throw, and then right after that, Nick Mullins threw the pick six that basically sealed it. And um, I thought it was a a big win for Philadelphia. And just like that, they moved to first in the NFC East. And as bad as that division is, winning your division is part of getting in the playoffs. And I still think that there's a chance for the Eagles. They've sadly – I will say that the Redskins have impressed me the most out of the NFC East this season, but I just don't know. I feel like if you're changing your quarterback this early in the season, I don't feel like it's a good look. I like, I I like what I saw from Philadelphia and the receivers are only getting healthier. I mean, if we're being honest, we just need to ban the NFC East from the playoffs this year. That would be – it would be better for the ratings. <laughs> um, but then looking at the Steelers team, yes, they had a week off last week, but that doesn't mean they still weren't practicing. And they look really good. No, yeah. as I just said all that about Philadelphia, but it's not going to be enough. This Steelers team just got a, a basically a free bye week and are have nothing that they even need to fix. They just need – I mean, they just got, like, time to just get healed up. Um, so, they're sitting pretty. Uh, they already look super, super good on the on the season. Um, ben Roethlisberger is playing so, so good. The best we've seen him play in a few years for sure. And Juju Smith-Schuster, Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson look to be a really good one-two tandem outside. And – it seems like for Pittsburgh, whatever running back they run is going to get the job done, and that defense is star-studded. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Pittsburgh's going to walk with, away with this game easily. I think that Pittsburgh gets it done in this one, too. Um, moving on to the Rams and the uh, the football team. Uh, Washington looked good against uh, – Baltimore, like I said earlier, uh, just Dwayne Haskins couldn't get in the end zone, which is a little worrying, uh, considering he's a quarterback. It's 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 been the same thing all year, though. He has no weapons. And then this Rams team 
has looked phenomenal. Granted, last week against a poor Giants team, they didn't look the best. Um, Jared Goff, only 200 yards. They couldn't get anything done on the ground. So if they couldn't get anything done on the ground against the Giants, I mean, that, that looks really bad considering you're going against one of the best front sevens in the league and the Redskins this week. Yeah, I, let me touch on the Rams really, really fast here. Um, I thought we had it figured out. Uh, really, I really did, uh, Los Angeles. Last last episode of my podcast, because I know you guys are listening, I told you guys Daryl Henderson is the answer. He's the man in that backfield, and he needs to be the running back moving forward. Uh, I have nothing against Malcolm Brown. I just don't think that Malcolm Brown has the same juice that Henderson has. Henderson has not looked bad a single snap that I've seen him play for them. And I think that he has a legit running and receiving threat out of that backfield that that offense needs without Gurley. Um, If the Rams can figure out that Daryl Henderson is the guy moving forward, um, I would like them a lot, lot more going forward. And if I could see Jared Goff cap off some more drives with touchdowns, I would be more excited. But for the football team here, you've got a new quarterback this week, Kyle Allen, who uh, Ron Rivera brought over. They just announced. Um, I don't, I don't know how much I can trust it. He's going to have a week of practice with the ones, but um I don't know. The The best thing that Washington really had going for them, in my opinion, was Haskins and McLaurin's chemistry. Uh, so we'll see what Kyle Allen can, can offer Washington. But um, the Rams, the Rams are too much for them in this week, in my opinion. I mean, in a, in a way, I think Kyle Allen's a lot smarter of a quarterback than Haskins is. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I just don't think that he has the weapons. No, it's all, he doesn't. For me, with Washington, it's always the weapons. I, I think the best thing that Washington could do is just lose off season and just start stacking up on stars on offense. Cause that defense is borderline fine. You, need a, you have a couple of things to iron out in the secondary, but front seven is God tier, um, at least potential-wise. And then – um, you've got a star in McLaurin. I really do like what I, I've seen from Antonio Gibson. He looks to be he, – he looks like a very viable option as the starting running back going forward. So I, I think there's only a couple questions. Quarterback is definitely one, sadly, but um, it would be a good class to get one. Yeah. Um. I, I think Los Angeles is going to walk away with this one. It hurts to say that, but I, I, I like Kyle Allen. It's just really difficult to to go with Washington against a team like this. Yeah, I mean, if if their secondary, if Washington's secondary can step up against this this good uh, receiving core with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and Kyle Allen can play like he did in Carolina because he played well in Carolina. I mean, he's yeah. under coach. It's, it's mostly the same kind of offense. 
I think he'll do really well if he can just play how he did. But that's that's the that's the main thing. If he doesn't play like he did, then I mean that's that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, I, this is just to me. This is kind of sad because it feels like, and I know that Haskins has offered very little optimism, probably, but. I don't know. It just feels a little bit too early. If I'm being honest, if you're Washington, what are you really playing for? Um, are the aspirations this season really to go to the playoffs? Um, it, it in the NFC East, it is very possible. I, I'm, I'll just say that. But I'm, I'm just saying, if because I feel like they already are just so unsold on Dwayne Haskins that. It's like, why would you even make the change? Why not just let Haskins prove you right all season and give you the perfect reason to go away from him in the off season? Because if not, you'll be at the, you'll draft a quarterback this off season. We'll be talking about the same thing next season, and it'll be like, oh well, Haskins has worked his tail off, and Haskins is the quarterback. And then it, it just seems a little stupid to me. Um, I'm just. I'm having trouble figuring out what the plan is in Washington. I I agree. Um, I I don't know what my team's doing. Uh, I just hope they can figure it out sooner than later. Um, moving on to the Miami Dolphins and the 49ers. Um, I mean, the 49ers, they, they, they're still banged up. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect from them. I will say for them, in at a couple positions at least, they hopefully will be getting more healthy in a way. Um, they, they've they already lost guys they won't get back, but uh, at least with most dirt, uh, their cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, um, Richard Sherman, and even quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, they're all hoping that they can – be ready for this week. Um, I think if if you're not, you don't have to worry too much. Um, Miami is always a threat to upset. Um, we we've said it plenty of times, but I I just think that the that Kyle Shanahan is too good of a coach. I I really don't think that he loses this one. That, that's what it comes down to for me. Um, I like Brian Shaw, but um, he's just. Sadly, still kind of out-talented, even to this banged-up 49ers team here. I can't count out the Dolphins. I'm sorry. They almost beat those Seahawks last week. Almost. They lost by eight to the the second-best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. I that would, That's what makes me not be able to count them out. And if they go out with C.J. Beathard, Miami's winning this game. Yeah, I will say the backup quarterbacks for San Francisco offered you really no hope. If you can, if you can contain Russell Wilson, because this was a this was a quote unquote bad game for Wilson, not throwing four touchdowns, and he threw an interception, which is his second on the season in four weeks. If you can do that against C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. And Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to do what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing. You're winning this game easily. It is definitely a hot take. Uh, I'm rolling with the 49ers. I think that 
as banged up as they are, this is it's they're in a very similar position to the Cardinals, uh, sitting at two and two, coming into a game versus a team that they're going to be heavily favored in. But you just gotta, you have to ensure that this is a win. This has got to be a get you back on track kind of game. If you really have aspirations of, you know, really trying to make noise this season, this is going to be a big game to get you back on track. It'll be a big one. If they don't have Garoppolo, this would be a huge win, uh, you know, or with whoever they're without. Because it, the 49ers are a team like the Eagles. Whoever you're without, you can, you can pull this one out. It'll be huge. I, I just, for one, I'll say I really liked what I saw from McKinnon versus the Eagles. And also, out of Kittle. Kittle is a man amongst boys. And I don't know if that alone will be enough um, because we know how scary the Dolphins are really as an up, upset candidate. But um, I'm taking the 49ers. I got to go with Miami. I got to go with Fitz Magic on this one. Um, moving on to the Giants and Cowboys. Um, it's This is David and Goliath right here. If the Giants somehow win this, then, oh, my God, the NFC East just needs to be abolished from the NFL completely. Um, we we already know the Giants. They're, they're banged up to all hell. Uh, you lost – what is arguably the the best running back or second best running back in the league week two to an ACL tear. And that, that was your offense and he's gone. Yeah. To me, the really sad thing is that I felt, I'll say this, New York picks Daniel Jones and I was not sold. I'm an Eagles fan. So it made me a little happy. Should I say, uh, because I, I didn't really think. But then, for a lot of last year, Daniel Jones did a lot of shutting me up. Because as to me, like I said, it, for a rookie quarterback, it's more about uh, flashes. And, you know, the, the just the, the little spurts where you see, you know, their potential and, and things like that. And I think you saw a lot of really good moments from Daniel Jones in his rookie year. And Sadly, it feels like, you know, in, in this year, the Giants offense, a lot of it due to Saquon Barkley's injury, but they're just not talented. They they offer him no help. Evan Ingram has been really, really poor this season. His favorite target, Darius Slayton, is a good option, and they have really awesome chemistry. But other than him, it, it, it feels like – he doesn't really have a, a good chemistry with, with any other player. And that is not anything that you want going into this game. But I will say, if there's a week for Daniel Jones to get back on track, it's this week. This Dallas defense has looked atrocious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awful. Um I think that the Cowboys will win this one, like you said. I think the offensive the offense that they possess is just too powerful, um, especially because the Giants offer no optimism on defense. But I think that this one is going to be a little bit more high scoring. I think that the Jones, or I think that the Giants will offer um, some good offense in this game, uh, just in large part because 
Cowboys haven't been able to stop any offense. So, I mean, we saw that last week from the Cleveland Browns having three running backs over 70 yards, one being Odell Beckham. It was just – it was insane. Um, and they probably could have had five if they would have just run the ball all game. I mean, the Cowboys couldn't stop a single thing that the Browns did. And the Browns are not the Giants. So there is a little bit of hope that the, the Cowboys defense can you know, get some confidence in this game. But um, that, that will remain to be seen. But I do think the Cowboys get it done. Uh, moving on to the Broncos and Patriots. Um, I mean, yeah, the Broncos won last week, but it was against the Jets. But on on the same terms, it, the Patriots are most likely still going to be without um, uh, Cam Newton due to COVID-19. It Honestly, I, I don't know who to pick for this game because if you don't have Cam Newton, your team is not that great. Yeah. To me, this game comes down to – and I will say, I, for everybody that listened to our last week's podcast, my Patriots first Chiefs game, I'm sorry I made that prediction based on the fact that Cam Newton would be playing, <laughs> who obviously then tested – positive for coronavirus so um I still think that game would have been a good offensive game but um in this one it's tough to me it comes down to if Drew Locke plays um if Drew Locke plays in this game uh I really like the Denver Broncos I feel like the Patriots the Patriots don't have a lot of really good skill players they have um a a few good running backs, um, but at the receiver position, they have Julian Edelman. Nikhil Harry has left a lot to be desired since he was drafted, essentially. Um, and Cam Newton serves a lot as that playmaker, especially in the red zone and getting the ball in the end zone from really all the way out to 20 yards out. He's a god at doing that. We've seen him do it countless times. But without that punch – if Drew Locke plays here, I'm taking the Broncos. I could, just because, really, other than rushing the ball, the Patriots shouldn't scare you. Not through the air, not without Cam Newton. I mean, Jared Sidham looked okay in the, the few passes he had. I don't understand why they started Brian Hoyer in a, in a game like that. Give Jared Sidham some, some more reps. But this this is definitely a game – I think you should give Jared Stidham the the nod over Hoyer. Oh, absolutely. Considering how banged up this Broncos team is. Yeah, this should be a winnable game for the Patriots. But I think I, – I, I've been a believer in the Broncos since the beginning of the season. I, I still really like what Drew Locke brings to this team. I like the additions they made on offense. Uh, in, in the offseason, uh, Melvin Gordon is paying big dividends. Uh, Judy already looks like the best receiver on the team with Sutton out. And you still haven't even really kicked the tires on what, you know, a, a shifty wide receiver like K.J. Hamler can give you. So um, uh, I think that with Locke, Broncos win. Without Locke, Patriots win. Um, moving on to 
Sunday night. Oh, no, no, no. We got one more game before Sunday night. Uh, the Colts and Browns. Okay. All right. This is a, this is a good game. This is going to be a good game. Uh, Phillip Rivers uh, came out, and he beat the Bears, who were undefeated. Um, Jonathan Taylor is looking like a really good running back. Um, I, I don't like what I saw out of Phillip Rivers last week. Uh, couldn't get much through the air. Didn't even hit 200. Got T.Y. barely any receptions against a, a pretty bad secondary in uh, Chicago. It, it's really difficult for me to, to side with the Colts this week because of how good the Browns looked last week. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, nothing against the Colts, but it just feels – like I said, winning is winning. But they – on the season, they opened with the Jaguars and Vikings. They fell to the Jags week one. They bounced back first the Vikings. And still, even for that Vikings defense, only managed 28 points – they crushed the Jets as they should, thirty-six to seven. But and then squeak past the Bears with first week uh, new starting quarterback. So and the, the, I just feel like they haven't they haven't given me too much reason to buy in the offense thus far. Um, Philip Rivers' numbers on the season uh, don't really wow me. He he does have nine hundred yards, almost a thousand, but. The four touchdowns is really, really poor for um, to be going into your fifth game. Um, and on the other side of the ball, or with the other team, Baker Mayfield has really looked awesome this year. I'll say it. Um, I know he's he plays for a team with all the weapons, but it finally seems that hopefully last week we can see him and Odell Beckham build on what they have going. Um, Jarvis Landry is the uh, wild card, if you may. Uh, it feels like he can do anything. He threw the touchdown to Odell. This offense looks just high-powered. And when you flip over to the defense, they've got as too good of young of a young duo that you could ask for in the combination of Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Talk about a freak in Miles Garrett coming off the edge and Denzel Ward. And he's got to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league. This guy's young and only in his second year, but man, he is good. And I don't think that the Colts really have any just one-on-one beaters in their in their wide receiver room just yet. Um, they have a young guy in Pittman, but I, I just don't really know. Their top receiver on the season is Mo Ali Cox. So I got the Browns in this one. Not only do the Browns have one of the best one of the best offenses in the league, now they have a triple threat out of the backfield with the with Durantis Johnson just coming out of nowhere almost a hundred yards last game. Didn't he look good? I, oh my God! I thought Nick Chubb just changed his uniform. I was very like I was, I I didn't catch the game. I I looked at the 
I looked at the box score and I saw Darius Jarvis Johnson with 95 yards on the ground. I'm like, who is this guy? Who who is this that just led the Browns when they have two of the like two of the better running backs in the league? Yeah. And now they have a third guy that they can just give it to at any point, which is insane to think about because I there's no other team out there that has three running backs in your backfield that can give you 100 yards. Well, and also I, I want to say this. I think that all the running backs that the Browns have are talented. I think Nate Chubb is almost as good as it gets. Kareem Hunt is – maybe right behind right behind Kamara and McCaffrey is the best uh, receiving slash rushing threat in the league. And Dearness Johnson has some real juice, but I think a lot of what the Browns have done this season has been based on their offensive line play. I think it's oh, been yeah. outstanding. Uh, Joel Batonio still looking like a good guard. Uh, who was their first round pick? It was um... – who was that? Because th- I I know their offense line has been so much better this year, and you can tell with how Baker Mayfield has been playing. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, Jedrick Wills. Yes, Jedrick Wills. Um, and also the addition of Wyatt Teller, who has been – Absolutely. I feel like his name gets mentioned more than any offensive lineman I've watched this season. Um, just on his ability on to pull block. You see him so many times I've seen him get just be running right at a safety, a linebacker or a cornerback. It's absolutely mauling them over and opening these huge holes for filling the blank out of their backfield. So uh I've got the Browns in this one. Um the Colts are going to have to show me that they can find more success on offense until I truly buy into, you know, what they're about. Moving on to Sunday night football, we got the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. I, I, I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Oh, my God, I love Russell Wilson, my favorite quarterback in the league, the second best quarterback in the league. You You just can't stop the man. And he has – Two dynamic threats on each side. One's a just a six foot five monster who can catch anything in DK Metcalf, and then the other's a speedy, speedy guy who can just burn anyone in Tyler Lockett. And I mean, what more do you want? Person. How do you how do you get better than that? I can't think of it of a single answer. Um, it, it's. Everything that Russell Wilson could dream of, um, the offense looks absolutely outstanding. You go into every game and you just wonder which receivers is it going to be today. And a lot of this season, it's been everybody. Um, Russell Wilson is just finding everyone the second they get open. And it doesn't matter who it is, where they're at, Wilson is getting them the ball. And and Chris Carson has looked good this year coming off his injury. There hasn't been a thing that I haven't liked about the Seahawks this year. Um, the only thing I guess I could say is that they didn't beat the Dolphins by more. But um, like I said, the Dolphins are always an upset candidate. 
The Vikings, to me, are not. They did get the win last week versus Houston, um, but... Are we really impressed by that, though? It's Houston. No, I'm not. And it was only by eight points. It was the same amount that Seattle beat Miami, and Miami's better than both of those teams, in my opinion. I would be inclined to agree with you. Because at least Miami has some threats. They have Devontae Parker with Ryan Fitzpatrick going to him. I will say that there is some reason for optimism with the Vikings. Obviously, you have one of the best running backs in the league, Dalvin Cook, an absolute monster. Um, To me, Kirk Cousins has not not performed to what his expectations this far in the season, but – I think that Vikings fans have to be very excited about the production they've gotten from Justin Jefferson thus far. Already easily looks like he could be this, the solution as to the boy left by um, Stefan Diggs. So you have to love that, that combination with him and Adam Thielen um, for weapons for Kirk Cousins, but he still has yet to really turn that into touchdowns. Um, I think this Vikings team is going to have to get it done. They're going to have to get some turnovers, which good luck. Wilson's thrown two picks on the season. And they've got to hope that their defense can try and stop Metcalf, Lockett, David Moore, Chris Carson. I mean, the list just keeps going on. So I I like Seahawks. I I agree. Um, not only is the Seahawks offense great, the defense has been fantastic. It's not Legion of Boom level, but it's been really, really good. And it hasn't had to be Legion of Boom because of how good the offense has been. Um, moving on to Monday Night Football, the last game of the week, the Chargers and Saints. Um, both teams have have not performed to – what I thought they were going to do this year. I mean, the Chargers fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, and the Saints barely squeaked by the Detroit Lions 35-29. to And Drew Brees has not played how he has in the past. Uh, Drew Brees, to me, for the first time, I can really – bring myself to say it because I really like Drew Brees as a quarterback. He, to me, he's the all-time best. Um, we're seeing the regression now. Uh, the deep ball is not what it once was for Drew Brees. And you can tell because the offense it looks – and I know that there's been injury reasons as to why it's looked a little bit different But with Michael Thomas being out. But the offense doesn't really seem to have – a big play other than Kamara either. And Kamara will give it to you rushing or receiving, however you want it. But outside of that, they, without Mike, Michael Thomas, they, it doesn't really feel like they, they have the juice in their offense other than Kamara. Um, so I haven't really liked what I've seen from Breeze throwing the deep ball. He's as accurate as ever in the close range passing game, but at some point, you're going to be asked to beat the defense down the field. And I, I at this point, I have question marks about whether Brees can do that. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I really like what I've seen from Herbert thus far. 
Oh, he's been playing fantastically. Uh, just got out of a shootout with one of the other goats and Tom Brady. Um, he was thrust into action out of nowhere with the, the freak Tyrod Taylor injury. And I think that Herbert has secured the job for the season. Um, the offense looks really good with him. He spreads the ball really, really well. Um, they obviously lost Eckler, but I, I like uh, Joe Kelly and Justin Jackson enough to, to step up. They they were already kind of utilizing the, this Chargers offense even before Eckler went down. So um, I like the Chargers moving forward as Herbert gets better and as they get um, a little bit more healthy on the offensive line. And also they've got Mike Williams who needs to needs to get back. But um, I think the Saints will get this one done. To me, this is another uh, – this is the third game this week that is – a big time game for a team. And I, I think this is a big time game for the saints. I don't think they want to fall to two and three, especially in a game here where I, I think that most people would agree they should win. Mm-hmm. Also um, there is rumors of uh, the game being played in Indianapolis, considering uh, hurricane Delta just touching down in Mexico. So prayers for all of the southern states like Texas, Louisiana, uh, Alabama, Florida, prayers going out to all of y'all. Hopefully y'all stay safe during uh, hurricane season. Um, but I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed our week five predictions. I've been your host, Jason Mitchell, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see y'all next time.